<laughs> no, should we shout out to Latner's Cookies and Cream, I think it's called, Ice Cream Place? Sure. Because I've had, actually, let me look up what it's called, because we should genuinely tell everybody. And by that, I mean my mother and your mother. <laughs> About the best ice cream in Ladner? Yeah. The best ice cream in White Rock doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Throwback. R.I.P. R.I.P. Dolce Gelato. Actually, though, we have been to the new, like, the place that took it over, and, like, they're doing a pretty cute job. Like, they're really trying. Like, I think they are still making it there, which is nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I don't think these people are making it there. I think they're importing it, but, like, also, who cares? Are they importing it from Island Farms? (laughs) I don't think so. I think it's fancier than that, at least. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, It's called Cookies Ice Cream. I don't know, man. It's pretty delish. And my mom goes, do you take requests for flavors? And they're like, yes. And then she's like, I love black licorice. And the guy goes, hold on to your horses, kid. And, like, pulls out the black licorice. And my mom had already gotten, like, other flavors. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to switch? Do you want us to put those back? And she's like, no, I can't do that. Like, you've already scooped them. But then he gave her a sample, and she was very excited. And then Aww. she went the next time and got black licorice. Is it, like, the tiger tail? Like, No, it's, like, full black licorice. Like, is it, like, black? Yeah. Huh. It was very black licorice I don't like it, so I wasn't a good judge, but she was very excited. Anyways, they're so goddamn friendly. We've gone in there, like, as they're closing Aww. both times and made it a real problem for them. <laughs> a real problem. I feel like we're going to be asked to leave soon. No. So, like, like they'll, they're just going to do, like, a, like an old-timey, like, westerns. Like, they see you coming and flip the thing to yeah, closed. Yeah, exactly. They'll hide. Yeah. Oh, they should. They truly should. Also, they really should just for my safety and health because these scoops are absolutely massive. I've been, like, anytime that I walk home from work, I always... I often walk past rain or shine mm. down the street and it's like I always want to go in but I never want to wait in the line and then it's also like I've who maybe who is the time? who is the time for line? truly mm-hmm. and then also it's like maybe I haven't had like any food at all since like breakfast and then I'm just gonna like have like an ice cream cone on the rest of my walk home like that seems I actually love that for you I think you should I've done it a couple times like yeah last summer mm. definitely it's just crazy to me that people don't all like the same flavors though <laughs> No, I know. I know, dumb, I know. But like, it's again. This goes back to my comment of like, why are my opinions the only correct ones? Um, <laughs> Sorry about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally yesterday, at work, there was a function, and there was just like all these hors d'oeuvres that went out, and so many came back because people are just like, I don't need it, I don't want it, and I'm like, my only opinion about lamb popsicles is that <laughs> if you don't stuff them in your mouth immediately, you gonna lose out. Yeah. I would eat three thousand lamb popsicles, minimum. I don't know how many lambs that is, but it's a lot of lambs. This is maybe too much information, and it's not about lamb popsicles, or actually really anything, but just about the 3,000 of it all. Mm. But um, last night, one of our servers was sent home because he was sick, which I was just like, oh no, like, that's sad. And so I called him, and I was like, hey, like, are you going to be okay to work tonight? Like, do I need to get your shift covers, whatever? And he was like, um, no, I, uh... I just went to taco time for Taco Tuesday and had five tacos and it did not agree with me. Oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, no. you idiot. Goof. So, you played um, yourself. Like, and he was on a route, like a private room. Like, he lost a lot of money by the shits. <laughs> the shits will do you. Taco time. This is the thing. It's like, don't eat food if you're not a professional, you know? Truly. Yeah. Don't eat suspect food, like no. tacos. You shouldn't do that unless you know you're a professional about it. No. You know what else a lot of people are not accustomed to eating and not equipped to handle? What? Cheese. The truest statement you've ever made. (laughs) All those who are lactose intolerant, stop listening now. Yeah, this is a lactose advisory. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, trigger warning. Trigger cheese. W- trigger warning. So much gosh darn cheese. Oh god. The single greatest joy of my life. Oh man, I I picked up cheese. I spent mm, not like an exorbitant amount of money, but like not not an exorbitant amount of money on cheese for that for this episode, but when you text me being like, we're having cheese and short, strawberry shortcakes for dinner, I was like, oh my God, what did I do to deserve this? What a beautiful day we're having. Yeah. I was, Thank you. The only word I could describe was yay, because on in the inside, I was just like gremlining, like. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Because that was like, I was texting you and I was like, this is going to be good. Yep. It was full um, gremlin mode. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. So what was I saying? Oh my gosh. Cheese. It's delicious. But not everybody loves it. Not everyone loves it. And they're wrong. And this they're episode so is going to tell you um, why. Actually, I should just say, in defense of those with lactose intolerance, <laughs> all the lactose intolerance love cheese. There's not oh, a goddamn one of them. Honestly, I think that's why I don't respect a lactose intolerant person, is because they don't They don't respect, respect themselves. The amount of people who are like, I'm just going to shit now. Have a nice day. It's like, bye. Pooping like, forever. My tummy hurts. Um, anyway, this is Pantry Staples, you guys. The podcast where we dish on your favorite foods and also your bowel movements. I'm Marika. And I'm Emily. And this is Cheese Part 2. Part 2. Oh, mon dieu. Part, oh, mon dieu. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, we're getting back. So not all moldy cheese is a blue cheese. Ah. That's... Are you just going to tell us about a lot of really old cheddars that have been left at the bottom of the fridge? No! I would talk about brie, bitch! It's brie! That's fantastic. Very exciting. Um, And other cheeses, because it's very fun. Like, yeast and mold and, like, funguses... Fungi ...are involved in the making of some of the greatest cheeses, in my opinion. She was crazy. We just don't even know about half the cheeses out there. <gasps> True. We're going to try a cheese today that I've never had before. Ooh, I'm very excited about I that. I know. Me too. Ugh. Like, do you know when you go to a really nice cheese shop and mm-hmm. the guy's like, you like some of this? You like some of this? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what I'm about to. I know, just like looking in the window, like truly kid in a candy store is me at Les Amis de Fromage. Just like peeking, peering. Where's so Les Amis de Fromage? Is that the one in Carza? There's one in Hastings and there's one uh, like in the weird industrial place area by Gravel Island. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. So to start us off, there's two there's two types of non-blue mm, mold adjacent cheeses that we're going to talk about today. So the mold first, adjacent is what we always strive for. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> and so yeah, so these are all um, cheeses that have molds on their rinds. So oh. rather than having the molds like inside, mm. it's on the outside to preserve the interior. Interesting cheesiness. Also, not to continue to distract, but this always. is the closest you've come to the topic in weeks. <laughs> Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just nice to nice to see the effort, you know. Like impressed with you as always. We're back. <laughs> That's not to say that I don't love the adjacent. So the first one that we're going to talk about is bloomy rinds. Oh, bloom like bloom of algae or bloomy like blue the color. Bloom as in algae. Ah. Um. These are also known as surface or soft ripened cheeses. Mm. Um, and this is Brie and as well, the Serious Eats article that I read called them Brie and its brothers. <gasps> Adorable. Very the only cute. family I want to be a part of. <laughs> the Brie brothers? Mm-hmm. Brie bros? It's an old timey jazz band. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, jazz hands. Bloomy rind cheeses are cheeses that use a Penicillium camembertii, oh. which is a yeast, uh, or Geotrichum candidum, 
which is a yeast-like fungus mm. uh, that literally blooms on the exterior of the cheese to create an edible rind. Ugh, God bless. Like, if you were to take a little microscope, there'd be, like, little flower fungus oh. flowers. It's like those rocks that have the little things in them. You know, that's the aesthetic I'm picturing. You know the ones that have those little, like, white spots on them because it's, like, like little... Lichen? No, it's, like, or... inside the rock. Oh, you know, it's, but it's actually, like, fossils. It's, like, the whites of the little fossils. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly. what I'm picturing aesthetically, at least. It's the little, For like, sure. Little ploofs. Yeah. Oh, so cute. In the early stages, uh, this bloom manifests as pale yellowish fur. Mm. So less cute, maybe. Um, that cheesemakers pat down to form a cohesive skin around oh. the cheese. <laughs> that's, that's so cute that that's a job. To just be, like... Can you imagine being a cheesemaker and you just have to, like, pat your cheese? Pat your moldy-ass cheese. Pat the molds. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, As the rind and cheeses age, the live yeasty rind breaks down the fats and proteins inside the cheese, Mm. which is what causes the interior to become increasingly runny. Ugh. Oh my god, this is too erotic. (laughs) See, like, when you write it out like that, it kind of sounds gross, but you're like, no, like, I want a runny cheese. Yeah, no, give me all the runny... There was not a moment of that that sounded gross to me. Good, I'm glad. Um, If you ever cut into a brie and Mm -hmm. noticed a distinct kind of shiny layer between the rind and the cheese beneath, that is called the cream line. The cream line, hey? Yeah, and that is the nexus at which the breakdown or the magic occurs. Oh, mon dieu. I know. I never knew that it had a name. Because, like, you can see the, yeah. little, like, the space between the... Oh, I'm excited Are for you that. looking at it now on those cheese? Yes, <laughs> I want to eat our cheese. We're going to. God, I hate that so many of these episodes are me being so hungry at all times. <laughs> Ugh. That's, that's fine. That's good. That's how you motivate me to keep going. <laughs> Bloomy rind cheeses uh, can be described as having mild and lactic flavors. Mm-hmm. Um... And maybe reminiscent of onion or mushroom, if you're getting into kind of that, like, hmm, in the funk of it all. Onion or mushroom. I'm trying to think, like, I guess a camembert kind of sometimes does that. Yeah, I feel like the mushroom I kind of get. I, I'm. It was interesting onion, to hey. read some of these descriptions of what the cheeses should taste like, which is also why I'm excited to taste them, like, after mm-hmm. we kind of talk about them. Because it's like, I want to be thinking, it's like, is this oniony? Is it mushroomy? I'm very intrigued by that. Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay. Good to know. Um, when these cheeses were first produced in northern France in the Middle Ages, the mold that helped form the rind flourished naturally in the cellars where the cheeses aged. So it was just like... Makes sense. Kind of like, again, with like the blue where they're like, there's just like... The we had stuff to um, Although that was not correct. Um, but now mold and yeasts are introduced to brie-like cheeses in either a powder form during the cheesemaking process or they're misted onto the surface once the cheese has been shaped. Mm. Not as cute for some reason. Okay, this is a stupid question, and I really should no, know this, but no. like, how does the cheese get made then? Like, mm. like pretty standard cheese making stuff. Like you make, like you heat your milk, you get your curds, you shape it up, like you make, mm-hmm. yeah, like form it into little pucks, and then in the like the surface misting ones, and you like spritz it. With the mold. But, like, had it, had it been done, like, in the authentic, like, leave it in a cellar, you're just, like, getting curds, leaving them to mm-hmm. age. And then mold is just happening on the surface. Yeah, I guess. And the it's... only real difference between, like, all the variety of cheeses is it, like, just that it's, like, what kind of animal is making the milk and, like, how it's being aged? 
or is it like just the length of the aging is it obviously it has something to do with what specific strain of mold is being used or is it like the diet of the animal that's producing the milk i don't know no like no i love it i love so these are such good questions there's so many different kinds of cheese mm. and you're just like okay there's like eight thousand goat cheeses yeah but like what makes all the goat cheeses different because like goat cheese can look like the soft goat cheeses that you mm-hmm. have or it can look like a million other things why i think it's everything Ooh. like is if- it water content too yeah, it like it's literally mm. everything. Like it's how much you yeah, like it's it's the terroir of like the cows or goats or sheep or whatever what they're eating, where you're aging the cheese, how much you're pressing out the like the liquids and just keeping like the milk solids. So say you're having a camembert. Mm-hmm. That's like that is like the equivalent of having like a Chablis because it's that. But then if you try yeah. and do like a Camembert style somewhere else, it's because you're trying to replicate the terroir and all that stuff. Yeah. In the same way that you would be trying to replicate a Chablis style. Totally. Okay. There we go. I feel like I understand slightly. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like, like, honestly, like most food in Europe, like these kind of heritage foods, mm-hmm. it's so tied to region. Like I'm, I'm going to go through a bunch of different, um, yeah, like cheeses and stuff. Mm. And most of it's like, where did it get its name? From the very specific small town that it was first made in like the Middle Ages. And like the, the thing I think I'm trying to wrap my head around is that like it's really not about that town. It's about the terroir of that town. And, and like a, that's what makes it special is the terroir. Well, and also about the cheese making tradition ah, of okay. the town. Like the way that they make the cheese itself and the way like where it's aged, how it's aged. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting that those are the points that are so integral to it when it feels like in a lot of ways those things are kind of getting, like, laid to the wayside Mm. a little bit. The way... (laughs) Very good. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Try the meal. (laughs) So, yes, we've mentioned brie, which I would say, like, after cheddar, in, like, North America at least, is one of the most recognized cheese type. Do you not agree? I feel like maybe that's just me. No, I think you're right, but I feel like Swiss, even though I don't feel like people eat a lot of Swiss, but I feel like they talk about Swiss a lot because it has those like holes and those are very emotional. That's true. I feel like cheese, like Swiss is one of the like archetypal, like if you picture a cheese in your mind, it's like a- you can picture a Swiss. Yeah. I can picture a brie though. Well, and this is like, I wrote that sentence. I was like, everyone knows what brie is. It's like the next, like the top two cheese. And then I was like, I'm now reminded of like a dinner party that I held for my 14th birthday where like a friend of mine at the time was just like, her mind was- Like, like, couldn't even handle it. Couldn't believe that it was a thing. Yep. She was also scandalized by, like, a scant amount of Cointreau and a chocolate mousse. And then the fact that we played with a Ouija board after, so... She seems, like, lame. (laughs) But also throwback to the time when I asked Mitchell what his favorite cheese was. And he goes, Baby Bell. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's still the funniest thing that anyone's (laughs) ever said to me. So, yes. So, this one's for the, uh, for the Kayleys out there. (laughs) Brie is a soft cow's milk cheese named after the Brie region in France from which it originated. Okay. By my Googling account, um, Brie is a moderately sized region on the eastern outskirts of Paris. We should go. We should go. It's like not as far as Reims. It's Really? Like, yeah. It's just like... Seems insane we didn't do that. I know. It's like basically Brie is a true Parisian cheese. That's beautiful. I know. Uh, it is similar to camembert, which I'm actually not going to talk about today. That's fair. Except that it contains uh, a butterfat content of 60 to 75%, which is higher than camembert. Oh. So that's even, that's the difference right there. It's like they're okay. just by using a different 
like fat content. fat content of your milk, then it's going to change. Um, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, some specific regional breeds have AOC protection, uh, but the name itself is not protected and instead speaks more to just like a general style of cheese making. Could you get a brie? Like you can get a brie from anywhere then, like outside of France and outside totally. of there. Yeah. So what are the AOCs, I suppose? Um, I, there's like a couple of them. So like there's Brie de Meaux, um, which is like one of my favorites. Love it. Mm. Um, one that we're going to try today is Briette Savarin, which is funny because it's like named after that famous cook guy from mm. France that we talk, reference mm. all the time or that I do. Um, like it's, it's like all of the things. Like there's so many small specific ones, but if you're just going to talk about like a Brie, like Brie is not champagne. No. Brie is sparkling brute. Wine. Ah, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, seems very off-brand for France, but I guess... Truly. Yeah. It's hard to control the cheese. I think that's just because it's, like, so old, like, that yeah. it spread too fast. Breeze are typically aged in a controlled environment for four to five weeks, but can be left to mature for several months to a year. Oh. I know. The rinds... It's going to be so runny. I... They're kind of, like, not, though. No. I don't even know. So they're, the rinds on the super-aged breeze become, like, darker and, like, crumbly. Mm. Like, I feel like they start to dry out at some point. Um, yeah, I suppose. And then the cheese inside is, like, very pungent in mm. flavor. They're called Brie Noir. Oh, I feel like I've had that. Have you? Yeah. I saw a picture of it, and I was like, never even heard. That sounds cool. I, hmm. I don't remember the taste, but I feel like I remember eating something and being like, Brie Noir, what's that about? Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely eaten, like, a lot of, like, Brie's that are... Past their prime you know, like, 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 reading all this, they're like, if it tastes like ammonia, it's wrong. And I was like, that's, like, all the Brie. I'm just like, whatever. Doesn't even like, matter. It's eh, fine. It's fine. It's cheese. Um, so, yes. So, aside from the fancy AOC Brie's, like, Brie de Meaux, um, the main types of Brie you see in North America are divided into either double or triple cream yep. categories. Tell me more about that, because I've never been really sure. So double cream is at least 60% butterfat. Okay. Uh, Science Corner, a cheese, a cheese's fat content is based on fat in dry matter, meaning that a soft cheese like a brie with more residual water than a cheddar may have 60% fat in dry matter, but isn't actually 60% fat in terms of like nutritional information. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause water. Cause health. water. The water, the health. See, it's basically a health food. Truly. Um, so let's, uh, let's try it. Oh my god. Ugh. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I think I'm just gonna, like, give you a... Please. Please, ma'am. I want a second piece, please. Uh, we're gonna have, like, a whole chest. Oh, okay. I'm trying to find the line. Oh, I see it. Oh. I'm trying to find the line, too. Oh, Is yeah. this double creamed? Yeah. So approximately 60% fat. At least. Mm. Oh, fuck, that's good. Are you getting any mushroom? I mean, I suppose I'm not not, but I don't really notice it. If anything, I would say it's more oniony. Yeah, there's like a, there's a, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's just, just brie. It's, it's just so cream. Good. It's just milky. It's just, I'm, fuck, that's a really good cheese. I feel like this is kind of gross, but like on my hands, I may be getting more of the oniony-ness. Like, yeah. I'm holding the rind. Mm. So, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very good cheese. So good. Okay, so then we get to triple cream. 
which is basically exactly the same, but with more butterfat. Fuck yeah. So this is 75% or higher. Hmm. Uh, so the it's famous- It's 100% fat. What just, just- Just fat. Butterfat. Yep. Famous French brands include Saint André, uh, Pierre Robert, or Briat Savarin, which is what we're going to have today. Mm. Uh, one article that I read said that triple cream brie should taste like, quote, a confidently salted mouthful of room temperature buttercream. You, you, you've done nothing but seduce me. So let's try. <laughs> this is just, now we're just like eating. Snack, snack, snacks. I'd also like everyone to know that even though the cheese is much closer to me, I've made Marika get up every time to get it. Sorry about it's my it. my job. I'm the host. And Sorry. I'm sitting. Oh, I'm so excited. This is set up for ah! like 30 minutes and it's already like ridiculous. It's a literal pile. <laughs> yeah, it's confidently salted butter. That's This one's much funkier. Way funkier. Mm. And again, I could probably use a straw to drink this. <laughs> and that's... That is sat out for like less than, less like than maybe five. 30 minutes. At most. And it's like smooge. Mm. Like, I should have just held my hand out like it was a cup of wet something. Like I could have just like poured it into your yeah. mouth. <laughs> oh my god, that's really good. That's definitely one of the better triple cream breeze I think I've had too. That's incredible. Yum. Okay, Briat Savarin, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. So now, we also have, as a different example that's non-French, uh, Humboldt Fog. Mm. So this is a bloomy rind cheese that is neither French nor cow's milk based. Okay. Humboldt Fog is a goat milk cheese made, from, made by Cypress Grove Cheese Manufacturers based in Arcata in Northern California. It is named after the uh, local ocean fog, which rolls in from Humboldt Bay. Like, is this where Humboldt squids are from? Ooh, probably. Okay. Sure. Anyway. We're going to say yes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, like Brie, it has a bloomy rind that with age transforms the crumbly, fresh goat curd interior. So mm. the inside is like, it's... Um, like closer to like what we traditionally associate with a feta, maybe. Yeah, or like an actual, like a, like a pio kind of goat cheese. Ah. Um... And it is not, it's not unpasteurized, but it's raw. Like it's not cooked. Mm. If you can pasteurize, but not. I don't know. Yeah, how. yeah. Anyway. So yeah, so that's just because of the rind and the molds and the yeast, whatever. They break down that goat cheek curd into a soft, creamy mm. center. It has a signature line of edible ash down the center <gasps> to represent the fog, maybe. <laughs> Love. Uh, it won first place at the American Cheese Society Awards in 1998, 2002, and 2005. It's kind of crazy that we're not more involved in cheese societies. Like, literally, how can I go to a cheese award? Yeah, like, I need to be more involved. Sign me the hell up. We just walk into a cheese store. I'd like to apprentice here, please. <laughs> it's like, I don't actually want to, like, work or be, like, you to pay me. I just want to... I just want to stand here and learn and eat and go to award shows. Sometimes on my TikToks, I will see like a woman who just like cuts open oh, cheese. Do you get that? Yes. Oh, so satisfying. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I love when they do the like the reviews or like just like fun product. They're like, this is this cheese that I'm showing you today. And then this is what it tastes like. And ooh, isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. Like mm -hmm. yes, describing like the bitch. interior and like. Ugh. Ridiculous. Yeah. So good. Okay. So Humboldt Fog is described as creamy, light, and mildly acidic. 
with a stronger flavor near the rind. Makes sense. But let's see for ourselves. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank God. I was like, what if we don't get to try this one? No, we're trying everything. <laughs> the whole point of this day. It's a beautiful time to be alive. Okay, so I'm going to show you. Oh, shit. There is that little line there, hey? And it's like blue. Did they put that in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, it's ash. Plant ash, yeah. Cool. And you remember your etiquette lesson that you're not allowed to cut the tip of the cheese yeah, off. I know. Mmm. Super weird. This is really good. So the inside is like very goat. Mm Mm-hmm. That's Tang Town, baby. (laughs) It's totally Tang Town. I feel like this one probably could have benefited from sitting out a little bit longer, maybe. But then again. Nah, this slaps. Mm. Like there's literally a bit of cheese on the floor that I'm going to eat now. Good. Ooh. The strong flavor near the rind is so... So accurate. It's like two cheeses in one. Yes! What a delight. Yeah, I could eat a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I love goat's cheese. My mom doesn't like it, and it's the most insane thing. I understand. Sophie doesn't like them either. She says that they taste what? like stomach. She's not wrong. No. But that's a very astute observation, actually. Those are the bloomy rinds. Okay, tell me more. I'm going to fill our glasses so that we can... Because I'm sorry, but you can't eat cheese without having, like... A little bubbly. A little bubs. As a palate cleanser. Exactly. It would be insane not to. I would just taste stomach. Mm. So now, we're going to the dark side. The stinky side. Stink, stink. My favorite side. <laughs> Duh. So there's a non-blue mold-ripened cheeses. It is the wonderful world of washed rinds. Oh. Also called smear rinds, but I don't... We, we don't, don't use that term. <laughs> not in this house. Yeah. So these are the cheeses that, like... I don't know, your mom or maybe your sibling or someone was like, mm, I think that thing's gone off. Like, how dare you? Mm. And uh, what was it that made them think that? Was it the moist, sticky rind tinged with reddish orange? Oh. Or the penetrating aroma of barnyard animals and unwashed feet? <laughs> As someone who's currently inflicting all of those smells on you, you're welcome. Hey. For me, a diehard cheese fan, this is where it's fucking at. <laughs> yeah, you smell my feet, you're like, delicious, delicious. Mm, bacteria linens. <laughs> so washed rind is actually a very broad category mm-hmm. describing um, uh, any brine washed rind for a cheese. Outline that process, would you? Here, science corner, right in my notes. So you're Yay. adding mildly salted water. Okay. To a cheese's exterior. Which so, like, it's the same thing. Sorry, I know this is dumb. No. But you, like, take the, the curds and everything, yeah. and you push them all together like you would your normal, like, shape of a yes. cheese. And then you just stick in some salty water. Yep. Huh. And so by doing that, what you're creating is a hospitable environment to a variety of bacteria. In particular, B, or Brevibacterium linens. Hmm. Which you may remember from the uh, blue cheese episode as the same bacteria that causes the smell of feet. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm confused. Sure. Exclusively, and this is so stupid. (laughs) Because, you know, when you have like a cut or something and your Mm. parents are like, wash in salt water, that gets the bacteria out. Yeah. How is the salt water creating a hospitable environment for bacteria when my mom says it keeps me safe from it? I mean, I guess the thing is, it's like there's more than one type of bacteria. Ah. And also I think there's a different thing when you have a skin barrier and like you're inside. You're not like just a big sack of rotting milk. 
Which is what cheese is. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> I am a big sack Emotional. of rotting milk emotionally. <laughs> so like with by bringing in, yeah, I don't know, salty water to cheese. It's just like inviting. It's inviting all the friends to play. Be linens. Be linens. <laughs> That's its gang name. Always be linens. <laughs> <laughs> so these are like very, very similar to um, blue cheese. Just like a kind of a different introduction method. Okay. Basically. Instead um, of rye bread and that bacteria, you're getting it from the salty water. Yeah, like okay. you're inviting it in. Um, and mm. it becomes like more oxidized, I guess, because it's it's only on the exterior, right? Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why it becomes kind of more that like reddish, yeah. orangey color rather than like a blue. Yeah. Sure. Like the way that apples go brown. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like bloomy rind cheeses, the insides of washed rind cheeses with uh, those with a high moisture content are broken down with age and become creasy, creamy and oozy. Mm. These creamy cheeses are also called monastic cheeses, and they have origins in the Franciscan monasteries of France and Belgium. Cool. I know! The monks are just doing the most. Oh my goodness. French monks. They've done it all. Killing it. And you know what I think it is? Chartreuse? Champagne? Here's the thing. Cheese. It's a bunch of gay men. Yeah. Cooking it up. Yeah. Having parties. <laughs> it's the best time that's been had in France. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. So these monks, what started out as like a subsistence form of protein because many were um, abstaining from meat because of, I don't know, God. <laughs> you can't have that dick so it's just no meat on the menu. To quote Catherine Ryan, dick is a gateway meat. <laughs> Yeah. Horrible, but incredible. I'm sorry, it's my favorite joke. I have no comment. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that started out as something that like they're making just like it's like something that they can eat. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into a profitable business. It's like exactly the same as the way as like beers became like famous. And even like chartreuse, like all of the things that these monks are making, it started out as just like, let's do something fun. <clears throat> it's like, hey, let's also make money for Jeepers. Nah, for themselves. Why do you think those monasteries are so fancy after a while? It's the chartreuse money. <laughs> so I don't have um, a monk-made cheese for us today, but what I do have is Telegio. Telegio. Which is a cow's milk cheese from Ooh. northern Italy. Ooh. Telegio and similar cheeses have been around since the Roman times, uh, according to writings by Cicero, Cato the Elder, Pliny the Elder. Pliny! Good old Pliny. He has so much to say. Oh, man. Then again, so does Cicero. Ugh. Um, yes. People uh, liken it to brie. Just because it's like, I don't know, it's like soft and squishy. Yeah. Unlike brie. Mm-hmm. Telegio is slightly firmer and a lot funkier. Hmm. Uh, for context, also, it typically has a fat content or butter fat content of 48%. Mm-hmm. So definitely going to not be as... It's not going to be pourable into your mouth. Yeah. Sad. Typically, Telegio has a mild yeasty flavor and mm. a sherbety orange rind, mm. often adorned with patches of gray furry mold. Mm. <laughs> Some people, the weak ones, are turned off by the bitterness of this harmless mold. <laughs> the weak ones, yes. Um, or don't appreciate the salty crunch of the residual brine on the exterior. I love anything slightly salty with my... Like, again, I've said it a thousand times now, but I am literally so addicted to salt. I am a middle-aged white man. Yeah. Like, 
oh my god, I'm going to be the person who's like, this needs more salt. Give me my salt shaker. Like, at dinner when it's a perfectly salty thing. Salting it up. Oh my god. My mom said to me the other day, I was making whatever I was making, and I was like, oh, I needed some more salt on this. And she's like, it's already really salty. And I was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I wonder what that means in terms of a nutrient deficiency. Oh, I'm 100% dehydrated (laughs) as hell. I, oh my god, I'm so dehydrated constantly. I need to get on my water game. It's rough. I've, I've, pardon me, I've been tracking on my app. It's dire. I'll make you a jar as soon as we finish this. Jar life. Okay, so let's taste Telegio. Oh, thank God. Oh, let me smell that again. You know I have a bad nose. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> have you not had Telegio? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Okay, clock this orange Oh, rind. shit, yeah, with some gray splotchies. Fuzz. Yeah, that's good. Mmm, that rind is very refreshing compared to this. Like, it's instantly so much more stinkier. Mm-hmm. I could really go for some olives with this. I have some for later. Thank God. The salty crunch is the best part. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting because I feel like, unlike the breeze, it has like a lot mm. more of an even squidge. Mm. Like it's not like it's super runny on the outside yeah. and like getting firmer in the middle. It's like the it's... whole way through. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I guess that's just because... It's just because of a different process. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's definitely stinky, but it's not, like... Not that stinky. Mmm. I got a little bit of that salty, like, rindy bit at the end with my bubbles. That was mm. a quality pairing. This is a good pairing with... That's... Honestly, this is the, this is the winner so far. Nice. Good. I'm glad. Mm. Okay, so now we're going to do Limburger. Limburger. Which, this is the cheese, which is someone who eats a heck ton of cheese. I'm shocked to say that I've never had. Yeah, I don't think I've had... What are we doing with our lives that we've missed out on that, hey? I've missed <sighs> out on so many cheeses. It's just like you get what you know that you like from your just like basic, like the deli section of whatever grocery store you're in. This is the tragedy of grocery stores. Mm-hmm. When really we should be going to cheese people. And as you know, I live in a food desert, so I would never experience these. I oh, would yeah, go yeah. to more cheese shops. I just hate making a two-stop grocery trip. You know what it is? You know what the solution to this is? Mm. We all need to be using our wheelie carts. Yeah, that's true. I love my wheelie cart. Anytime I take it out, I'm like, this is a genius purchase. Why didn't I do this every time? And every time I don't take it out, I hate myself for not doing it. It's we need more like of like a, not like a farmer's market. Cause like, I mean, I love a farmer's market, but I can never be asked to go. And like when I'm going to a farmer's market, I'm going for the aesthetic. I'm not going for groceries. But like in... Europe, mm-hmm. they have like true just like open air markets, and you go and like there's a cheese guy, there's like yeah. your vegetable people, like it's everyone, like it's kind of yeah. all there, like it is like a supermarket, but it's a but it's the professionals doing it, yeah, not just like some asshole at a fish counter. The other day, oh, I can't, I can't even talk about, it. I can't. <laughs> okay, so Limburger, also called, uh, I'm gonna say, Hervé or Hervé, but maybe it's just Herv. I think it's Herv. Um, this cheese originated in the 15th century in the Duchy of Limburg oh. in what is now uh, the French-speaking province of Liège in Belgium, hmm. which is also known for the waffles. Oh, I want to watch Murder on the Orient Express again tonight. Okay, cool. Thank you. It is a, again, a cow's milk cheese. Most of these are all cow's milk. This is, I think that's like... Everyone's sleeping on the goats. I know. But I think they didn't... Or sheep's milk. Mm. Not enough sheep. This is a separate thing. Okay, so yes, so cow's milk cheese that starts as like a crumbly white kind of feta-like brick. Mm. Um, then after aging for three months, which is the oldest of any of the cheeses we've That's talked about insane. so far. That's insane. 
Um, in Except for, isn't it, Brie Noir? Yeah, but that's sort of like... Yeah. That's a little... That's a little project. So three months in chalky Belgian cellars, Ooh. it transforms into a glossy, pale, pale yellow stink bomb. Ugh. It is notoriously one of the smelliest cheeses around... And has often found itself the butt of, like, Looney Tunes and Three Stooges-level jokes. Mm. Blessed. Yes. Uh, its bark, or smell, is reportedly worse than its bite. <laughs> the main article I read uh, gave this description. Quote, The bold enjoy it in thick slabs atop dark bread with shaved raw onion. Oh, yeah, that sounds so good. But don't worry. Its flavor is remarkably approachable, rich, and buttery from whole fat cow's milk. And its texture is akin to cooled hot fudge. <gasps> so let's find out. I'm very familiar with cool hot fudge, <laughs> as you know, because of my Dairy Queen days. Oh, it's literally wrapped like it's a little butter. Oh my god, that smells so good. <laughs> Wait, one more sniffy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm doing a Telegio to Limburger sniff, rind sniff. Mm. Wait, give me that one one more. I feel like the Limburger is very much more like barnyard. Yeah. Like I was going to say like vegetal, but like in the mm. way that like hay is kind of vegetal. Yeah. Like it's, it smells like a, it smells like a barn. It smells like I'm going to the pumpkin patch. Yes. It's pumpkin <laughs> patch cheese. It's not as soft as I would have expected. Hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Mm. mm. But again, like mild considering the nose. Like, it's definitely, it is the most, um, like, peppery, maybe, of the ones that we've tried. Like, there's a tartness. I suppose, but when you say peppery, it kind of reminds me of, like, a peppery lettuce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a chicory or something? Definitely. Because, again, there's something, like, not green, but off-green in there, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Not nearly as like stinky, I would say, as as even the Telegio. No. Upon actual like taste. Frankly, Ooh. even the nose. It's just different kinds of stank. Mm-hmm. Yo, we've eaten so much cheese already. I know. Fuck. It this, I will say, lingers on the fingers. <laughs> uh, it's very stinky. <laughs> We're gonna be smelling our hands all night. Yeah. Mm, Disgusting. Delicious. Okay, so yeah, ten out of ten will buy Limburger. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, washed rind cheeses are is a very broad category. So you can definitely have like the softer ones that we've just tasted, but you can also have firm, low moisture washed rind cheeses that Mm. actually start to dry as they age. Interesting. One example of this is Gruyere. Oh, Mm -hmm. the cheese everyone fell in love with for thirty seconds. I fell in love and stayed in love. I'm glad to know that. Do you not? Oh, no, I do. I just mean, like, trendy-wise. It mm. was such a popular one. Let me melt some Gruyere on that for you. <laughs> yes. I feel like Gruyere became almost like a shorthand for, like, Emmental, just like any, like, generic mm-hmm. Swiss. Oh, 100%. Which was basically just, like, slightly more interesting cheddar. Yeah. But, like, true Gruyere, like, one of the best cheeses that I had in my Cheese of the Month subscription was, like, a proper French Gruyere. And it was, like, I don't want to say, like, 
two years age, but I want to say two oh my years age. Like God. it was like it was very like it was super well aged in a cave in the fucking Alps. Oh, God bless. Do you know what? Anytime, I'm sorry, the entire time that you said cave, and also like just kind of anytime we're talking about all this cheese being aged, all I can picture is that book, the perfume book, mm. where in it the guy like goes and lives in a cave for like years. Because I imagine he must have smelled really stanky. Probably That's like all that I've had in my head. But no, but he didn't in the book because mm. he didn't smell. What a weird book that was. Yeah. Anyways. So Gruyere. It is a hard Swiss cheese originally from the northwestern cantons of Switzerland, specifically Freiburg, Vaud, Neuchâtel, Jura, and Bern. Hmm. All right. Gruyere gained AOC status in 2001. Hmm. So unlike Brie, it is like a proper... Yeah. Has its origin designated um it's an interesting cheese because unlike the soft cheeses that we've been discussing kind of all episode it can age for much longer hmm like three months is like nothing to a gruyere what do you think like what is it specifically about it that makes it so like able to age it's just because of hard cheeses like hard okay. cheeses you can age yeah it's because both. the moisture is not gonna get like i don't know they don't go bad because they don't have as much moisture hmm or, like, if they do lose moisture, it's actually a boot. Like a benefit? Yes. Mm. Whereas I feel but like... But I feel you... like there's other hard cheeses you can't age for that long. Or maybe I just don't know about the aging of hard cheeses very much. That's true. I think, Anyways. like, with a rind, like, a hard cheese of the rind, you can age for, like, quite a long time. Mm, uh, with the, a, the soft rinded cheeses, I feel like at a certain point you could age them so long that they just become liquid. Like, that's the problem. Right? Yeah. All right. That's good to know. Anyways. So, and what's interesting about having, like, these longer age statements on a cheese is that (laughs) um, it opens up to, like, consumption at different stages, which leads to, like, different taste profiles. Mm, That's Between, like, young to older. Ugh. Which, like, you kind of, like, kind of makes sense. Like, menche goes like that. Like, Mm -hmm. as it gets older, it gets different. But, so, mild or due presentations, which are the younger ones, which have minimum of five months of age... So already Holy. almost double most of the ones. Yeah. They are sweeter, creamier, and nutty. Mmm. Uh, as the cheese, uh, as a Gruyere ages, it becomes more assertive, earthy, and complex. Assertive. <laughs> I love any time that there's, like, I miss the, I told you about this whole thing about how wines used to be more personality descriptors as mm. opposed to, like, flavors. Mm-hmm. And I just love the idea of, like, saying, like, this is a bold wine. This is an assertive wine. This is an aggressive wine. It's a delicate wine. This wine will spit in your face and <laughs> slap your mother. I mean, I understand when they moved away from it because it's so vague. But, so I mean, so it's flavors, but... Truly. But anyways, please continue. Sorry. So this is... Yeah, it's... A, I mean, I would say that the Limburger has an assertive taste. It's... She's out there. She's... She's here. She's here and she's in charge. She's in charge. Um, so the uh, the texture also changes as they mm-hmm. age, which, like, again, losing moisture. So it's going to become harder. It's going to show more cracks. Mm. Um... So these older cheeses are called reserve or surchois. Surchois, like extra choice, hmm. more. I don't know. Okay. Above choice. Yeah. Um, uh, and these are at least ten months. Oh my old. Yeah. So like year old. She's crazy. So let's try what I got here. Oh my dear. Is this our seventh cheese? Sixth. Sixth. Cave aged, three months in dairy, only the very best. Wheels are selected to then age at least nine more months 
in the sandstone caves at Kultbach. I'm giving you the rind, which is technically like part of it is edible, but part of it is not. This is a small piece. I'm gonna eat it all. Mmm, that's some good shit. I like when there's that like the crystallized oh, bit in it, you know? The crystals of salt. But like mm. inside the like yeah, the structure. They're salt crystals. Yeah. Mm, this is really good. This might be my favorite. Mm -hmm. I'll have a greer. It's really good. It just has so much more complexity too. Like, mm -hmm. It's the nuttiness. It's nutty. It's barnyardy. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that's so good. It's so good. The rind on this one is like, it's so much more of like a crust. Yeah. It's a sedate crust. <laughs> it's an assertive cheese, but a sedate crust. Yes. Yeah. The, like the rind is like less, is very, yeah, lesser than, which is interesting. Because yeah. the other ones, it's like the rind is the... It's the showpiece. Almost, yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's uh, mold and cheese. Part Love it. Deux. Well, merci for going out and getting all these fun cheeses for us. It was so fun, too. You think, yeah, Gruyere is your favorite? Um, Honestly, I know this is going to be a basic-ass response, yeah. but I just love a double-creamed brie. It's a classic. You know what? Now, no, well, now that I'm saying... They're all my favorite. I couldn't <laughs> possibly pick. It's like choosing between children. I agree. <laughs> so stupid. Do you agree, Air? I agree. I agree. You agree. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so I hope that this has inspired you, listeners, to go out and find a cheese shop or even just at your, like, Safeway or whatever. Like, find the weird stinky cheeses. and Don't just get cheddar, baby. Don't just get cheddar. Don't just get, like, even Gouda. Like, come on. We're better than Gouda. I Although I love Gouda. Gouda. I was like, honestly, how dare you slander Gouda right now? That's I'm truly like, fucked. Okay, let's slander Havarti. No one likes Havarti that much. Although sometimes it's really good when it, it does has, slap like, in the a sandwich. Caraways. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Damn it. All cheese. Cheddar's the only one that we can't. No, even a good age oh, cheddar. Man. Oof. Baldersons, get out of here. Mm. The salt crystals, man. Damn, that's where it's at. All right, get something better than Kraft Singles. How's that? That's true. That's get not cheese. That's plastic. Still delicious, but still plastic. I actually don't like it. That's, I think, what my issue was with cheese as a kid. My mom would never, like, give us, like, bad quality cheese or anything, but she would just give us, like, the little kid cheese, you know? Yeah. And I just never liked that. And then I didn't realize there was a whole other world of cheese out there. So give your kids some the nice stinky clear. cheese. All right, goodbye. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Pantry Staples Pod. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your foes. Um, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. If I do my research. We'll see. Bye-bye. <laughs>